Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Tarnished, ye dead, who yet live. The call of long lost grace speaks to us all. High Potion, podcast of the Badlands, the ever brilliant Jeff Ling. Nicholas, the deathbed companion. Halls, the loathsome dung eater. And Sir Stephen Crosby, the all-knowing. Welcome to the High Potion Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crothy. And I'm Halls Burkhardt. And buddy... It's finally here. Our Elden Ring roundtable episodes. Uh, Spectacular! Yeah, it's it's going to be more than one episode because I don't think we can condense this down. And uh, it's not just us this week. We, we've got guests again. It's the second time we've had guests on the show. Buddy, why don't you handle the introductions? Okay, so I'm so incredibly excited. And... By now, they listen to the beginning, which they should have. They they know who's on because your amazing uh, intro. We'll talk about that, I guess, later. But um, our buddies Jeff Lang and our uh, Nick Samari are here. We we mention these guys all the time on yep. the podcast. They're our good gaming buddies. They they're with us just about every weekend. Yep, they're hilarious. What's funny? They've been playing a shitload of Elden Ring. <laughs> what's funny is not only are they like characters on the show, but uh nick or, or nick is your buddy from back in the day and jeff is my buddy back in the day and now we're all buddies it's a it's a yes. big buddy goulash <laughs> yeah our buddies came together yep it's pretty cool to came see. together like butt cheeks so <laughs> uh jeff why don't you say hello to everybody oh hey What's up? Jeff is the master of the Discord soundboard. He is uh he's also a man who loves a bit. He loves to dedicate a bit. And boy, when he finds a bit, he sticks to it. We've talked about his his soy boy bit he did in Dead by Daylight. We talked about his little <laughs> guy bit that he did in Final Fantasy 14. I took this kid to the strip club for the first time on his 18th birthday so clearly i have been a wonderful fucking influence in this dude's life 
<laughs> a plus would recommend 10 out of 10 and nick why don't I'll you also, oh you go ahead i want to say i want to say one thing about jeff too and that's that he uh quickly like outpaced us all when it came to elden ring yeah and like, we all got a head I start yeah, he missed that first weekend, and then he came back, and before we knew it, he was like, "Yeah, I'm on New Game Plus." <laughs> so yeah, uh, good. I job, think it's Jeff. easy to say that of of the four of us, Jeff has played um, uh, the most Elden Ring easily. He's on like New Game Plus seven or some shit now. <laughs> and Nick, no, I'm I'm about to start five. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, Nick, wh- why don't you say hello to everybody? Hello there. I'm the bitching healer from Final Fantasy. <laughs> yes, Nick was our <laughs> healer in Final Fantasy. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he acted he like... Sure he sure did bit too. <laughs> yeah, he sure did act like he didn't like it, but he loved it. I could tell deep in his heart he fucking loved it. Although, if, uh, if we ever uh, fire back up the Final Fantasy characters... You know, someone's probably going to need to take that role, which is totally understandable. Nick is also the guy who you might have heard us mention from the daddy wipes from the inside bit. <laughs> Nick uh, <I> miss that one. <laughs> Nick my, uh, might have to take a couple pee breaks. And if he does, you will see what is one of my favorite bits from our Discord channel, which is where we try to make Nick laugh while he's away from his computer. Um, try to see you while everyone's talking shit. Yep. <laughs> so, thanks, wireless headbuds. I uh, I have some notes. I have a general outline of how we're going to try and structure this because four people not sitting at the same table could get easily chaotic, right? So, I figured the first thing we could do is talk about our individual character builds that we played with through our first playthrough. Um, so, Steve, why don't you kick it off? What did you do for your first playthrough? And then what did you explore in your second character? So I started with uh, basically the Onga Bunga build, which is kind of like what I've always done with the Souls games to start start with, and that's go high strength, basically. And uh, it worked pretty well up until a certain bitch-ass boss that we'll talk about a little later. And then I kind of had to to pivot, and I moved to uh, a dual-wielding blood build, Mm -hmm. and it it was super strong. Like, it really helped carry me through the end game pretty well. I got it off of uh, a YouTube video. I'll go through, I can go through the specifics of it later. Okay. But uh, dual-wielding, I think one hand I had the Knight Twin Blade, and the other hand the Godskin Peeler. Okay. And, uh, man, it wrecked shit. And what about armor? You know, what, what 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 was your general setup? So armor, I was able to. I did invest some points in endurance, so I wasn't like a wearing like cloth armor. I think I wore like the great helm and um some crucible knight armor towards the end of the game. I was pretty stout armor wise. Cool. Um, Nick, what was your first character, buddy? I know you've moved on. You're playing a magic user now. Um, but what was your first character that you beat the game with? Uh, I pretty much went the same as Steve. Um, I started out with the uh, Golden Halberd, which everyone can roll their eyes now. Um, I went into the, was it the Blade of Blasphemy, I think? Blasphemous Blade. Blasphemous Blade, yeah. yeah pretty close. Anyway, yeah, yeah, close. And then Fashion Souls, I went with the uh, Tree Sentinel Armor and the uh, Fingerprint Shield. That is... Ooh. 
a heavy build sick looking yeah, set of armor i wore that tree sentinel armor for a little while like i'm a guy <clears throat> where i put a lot of points into endurance so i i just wrapped up the game last night my first playthrough uh and my la ending endurance stat was 48 i really oh, like pretty close to that yeah i really like wearing the heavy armor and using a big shield so um so I don't get it. Why did you say everybody could roll their eyes with the golden halberd? What's the deal with the golden halberd that would make everybody uh, roll their eyes? It's probably cookie cutter build. You know, it's it's nothing special. That's that's what I went probably three quarters of the game through, and then I switched to the uh, blasphemous blade. But um, my second build, I'm using. I finally found the joy of the moon veil. Nice. Probably should have done that first, but yeah, I'm, I'm just pretty much an intelligence build on that pastor that's pretty good i i don't think either are easy sorry no i look uh now granted my weapon that i spent 90 percent of the game playing got nerfed pretty hard a few weeks back mm -hmm. we talked about it on the show uh but uh i don't i did not find it easy necessarily uh using that weapon even before the nerf like it definitely helped there's no doubt about that Jeff, buddy, what was your character? What was your first character? I, I assume it's the same character you're playing through all these new game pluses. Yeah. Um, initial build through first playthrough. Full decks. All decks. Katana build. Um, what was I using? I was using like free patch launch OP Moonveil. <laughs> well, you started <laughs> off with the Uchi choice. Katana, right? Yeah, yeah, start with the Uchi, use the Uchi until I finally finally leveled up intelligence enough to use the Moon Veil, and then it was, that was it. Um, that was it up until same boss that Steve was talking about, and then went to um, <laughs> Rivers of Blood. Nice. Nice. <laughs> so, uh, I know that. what were you going to say, Steve? Uh, I was just to say, I know that weapon is controversial the rivers of blood but uh man there's not a cooler name in the game for a weapon to me now i gotta bring it up steve on your new character you you're using a uh weapon called the bloodhound's fang yes i'm telling you miyazaki is a secret bloodhound gang fan like <laughs> there's there's no way <laughs> yeah i'm telling you dude i'm telling you he's sitting in the office working on elden ring dlc right now being like sweat baby sweat baby sex <laughs> no <laughs> there's um, no way don't don't you don't you besmirch miyazaki's name like that so for my first character i started off as a vagabond um quickly had to do some uh, changing of the build once I got my hands on the Sword of Night and Flame. That's pretty early on was considered a very overpowered sword. It got nerfed. Still pretty powerful after the nerf. Um, I was using that. By the end of the game, I was wearing Malakath's armor cause, just because I, I thought it looked cool. Um, before that, I was wa rocking Blyde's armor and the wolf head. And before that, I was wearing Tree Sentinel armor. Um, so Haas, yeah. So, tell me to tell everybody about the special ability of that sword. Oh, of the sword of night and flame. So it's got two 
<laughs> it's got two weapon skills. The R1 ability just shoots out a magic beam, a Kamehameha wave or beam or whatever. That's the one I typically used. It had crazy range, did crazy damage. And then the R2 uh, did like a flame swipe where your sword caught on fire and you used a uh, flame swipe. Right. There was a, I don't, I think you remember this. It was one of the first times uh, you summoned me for help. I went down into that hero's grave early yep. on. Yep. And we fought that ulcerative tree spirit. And um, you were like, check this out. And right when the fight started, you popped the Kamehameha. And I feel like a, a quarter of his health just disappeared. <laughs> that was pre-patch. That was pre-patch. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was using a sword and a shield. By the end of it, I was also using the fingerprint stone shield. Uh, I was rocking explain a... Explain that Explain that shield. So it's like, uh, I mean, Nick could probably do a better job helping me with this. But it looks it just looks like a giant, almost... Uh, headstone like a gravestone is kind of what it looks like it's just a big chunk of stone it required a ton of strength I actually had to like grind out some levels to be able to use it and it's super heavy but boy howdy does it really keep uh, you from losing a lot of stamina and damage when you block it's I think it's considered the best great shield in the game at least as of right now um, and not the easy, sure yeah. Yeah, yeah, not the easiest to find. It's kind of in an ex, uh, obscure bitch of a place to get where you're like, like you beat a boss and then there's an altar that you can swipe at that drops down that takes you into this whole hidden area. <clears throat> and then it's, it's a, a puzzle. Yeah, it's a giant puzzle room with like jumping and shit. It's it's no fun. Uh, and then for a secondary weapon, I was using a horned bow. Because I liked having a bow for like cheesing a little bit and also sort of uh, drawing out single enemies. Um, my talismans for my build. I was using the Erd Tree's Favor, Great Jars Arsenal, Carrion Filigreed Crest, and Shard of Alexander. So two of those uh, talismans were only there to. In- increase my equip load so i could still do the quick roll wearing all my heavy armor and using that heavy ass shield um then the carrion filigreed crest uh reduced the cost the fp cost of your skills so i could get off more of those night and flame attacks special attacks with the amount of fp i had and then the shard of alexander which increases the power of your uh special skills on your weapon Right. Uh, yeah, the talisman really can tweak out a build really nice. Yeah, yeah. Especially once you open all four slots. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't miss one, did I? Is four the most? No, four, four is it, I think. Okay. Um, finished out my playthrough literally last night at 123 hours at level 182 is where I finished off. I was a bit over-leveled, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's pretty high um so we talked about our builds and stuff uh let's talk next um i think this is kind of related to builds one of the things that they have in this game that as far as i know correct me if i'm wrong wasn't present in previous ones like i've talked about this is only my second from game the demon souls remake being the first one let's talk about some summons 
your ashes, your your summon ashes or whatever the fuck they're called. Um, yeah, and that's baby. <laughs> through my playthrough, I used four summon ashes total. Like I started off using the group of three wolves, and then later I used the jellyfish when it seemed appropriate. But quickly it turned out those guys were not as useful as when they started out. So then I would say from mid-game on, the two I used were the Mimic tier, which, you know, everybody talks about and never uses, and uh, Black Blade Tish, which Steve actually um, uh, recommended to me. Uh, Nick, what about you, buddy? What were your summons? What were your, your go-to summons? Um, I started off with the Jellyfish, and then after him doing... 16 damage ish every <laughs> three or four hours um i swapped to the marionettes because i hated the marionettes and they were a pain in the ass kind of enemy to fight at first um i rocked them for a while i guess yeah in the plus nine yeah i remember several nights nick might have had a couple of miller lights in him feeling good talking mm -hmm. about whoa these marionettes <laughs> <laughs> oh doing some work <laughs> yeah <laughs> I used them, and then they they kind of started to fall off, and then uh, I went to the Mimic. Actually, after it was nerfed, I guess. It, apparently, it was better before I started using it, and that's kind of what I stuck with. Yeah, I got Mimic post-nerf. By the time I got to the Mimic, they had already um, they had already nerfed him. Same. What yeah, it was me. Just charging slowly through it all. What about you, Steve? What were your go-to summons? I mean, I know one of them because you recommended it to me, and then I spent... Right basically a whole weekend getting it and then leveling like leveling it up all the way yeah so i started using the wolves you know like i, I assume most of us did because those three wolves are pretty useful early on yeah you know can handle crowds pretty well in case you need to need that and then i switched to the jellyfish for a bit and even though yeah it was weak as hell um it did poison damage and it also could kind of tank pretty well it didn't take a lot of damage from hits if you notice but uh then after that i kind of was in i don't know which summon i want to use land until i got the mimic and then basically used the mimic until um i got tish yeah and she was a game wrecker <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> from the moment you uh clued me in on where to find tish and stuff i did not veer from using her very often except in a couple of fights and we'll talk about them where i actually did use the mimic instead um, just for one reason or another, it seemed to work better. Um, Jeff, buddy, what about you? I, I know you're probably like, get good enough at this point where you're like, I don't use summons, but uh, you know. No, I mean, starting out, I think, yeah, everyone uses wolves. So I used the wolves for a good while. Um, after that, I think it was... What was it? I think yeah. After that, it was it was between wolves and jellyfish up until up until mimic. I had the benefit of having pre patch mimic. Well, yeah, because you um, tore ass through. through your first playthrough. Yeah. That first yep. playthrough, yeah, I got I got pre patch mimic, but like I hit some of that stuff, some of those fights where I mean I was still using the the wolves and the jellyfish, and it's like okay, those are just to pull aggro for a second, and then the rest of the fight, you know, is pretty much so. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, late game it was yeah definitely definitely pre patch mimic. Um, Tish was 
only you start using Tish um, post-patch. Because, um, I mean, no one really talked about it before then. And Mimic was so, so powerful. But I would stack... I would stack my mimic with. I would just go into the fight and load it out with different gear, and let it pull aggro, and then swap back to my normal. So, oh wow, I had, I had, yeah, I had fat mimic. I had mimic in the heaviest armor, like some nasty, like colossal or great sword, and then I would follow up with stand around with Moonvale until it pulled aggro. It's like, all right, here's my chance. I never once fucking thought to put different gear on my mimic. Wow. That is some advanced fucking strategy there. You know, I'm like, I'll fully admit, I'm a guy who anytime I see an article that is like, oh, such and such is OP in Elden Ring. I'm like, well, let me read this motherfucker because I need any all the help I can get. Right. And never <laughs> once did I ever come across anything that was like, oh, you guys should be checking out Tish. And Steve is who clued me into it. And uh, he's right. That is a badass summon. Um, one thing, and and, we, and this doesn't have to necessarily be like, you know, answer when you're called, like it's fucking fourth grade or something. But one thing I did want to bring up is of all the shit that happened in this game that could be frustrating to me, the most frustrating aspect of this game was upgrading shit, right? Like specifically your weapons and your summons, because I would always hit this roadblock where, okay, I go and find Tish. All right, well, I'm going to go level her up. What? I'm missing one grave glove wart five or whatever. And it's not like I know exactly where that shit is. So I got to go to the fucking wiki and start looking and being like, ah, uh, have I been there yet? Could I maybe have already gotten them? Cause at this point my mimic was fully upgraded. And then it's like a scavenger hunt for this one material to upgrade my thing one you know so then i take it from plus five to plus six i'm like all right well there's not nothing's gonna stand in my way now oh shit i don't have what i need to make it plus seven and then it's another search <laughs> and so on and so forth and i had the same issue with upgrading weapons you know by the end of the game i got to the point where everything i used my sword my shield my bow my two main summons were all fully upgraded but it was a hassle <laughs> A hassle. I, I get why it's yeah. there, but man, is it a hassle. There was like, like to me, upgrading the regular weapons was way more of a hassle. Yes, because they take it, it so many. So many materials, yeah. yeah. And and you could take them all the way up to plus 25, which I get the cap being higher than other games because the game's much bigger and you're going to play it longer or whatever. But um I mean, when you compare it to like the quote-unquote special weapons that uses the somber stones, and it's just one stone per level. Yeah. And I'm just like, why couldn't that be the goddamn case with the regular weapons? Yeah, towards the... Sombers are weird. Yeah. Yeah, like towards the end of the game when I was like, you know, my first priority was my weapon and then my shield. And then I was like, well, I want to upgrade my bow. By the time I got to the point where... It was time, like, I was trying to upgrade my bow, and it was asking for, like, eight Somberstone eights and shit, and I would be three, missing three. Man, is that a pain in the ass. Oh, eight? No, that it wouldn't have needed eight Somberstone. Eight, Somber eight Somber smithing stones, I mean. Smithing, regular right, smithing right, stones. Yeah. My bad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I missed Totally, it. totally. No, yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah, um, it's, it, it's, it's just so, it's gotten better than the old days, but it's still not great. 
<laughs> yeah. Now, and... I will say this too, like the with the the grass, especially later in the game when you get Tish, an easier way to do that might have just been to figure out what ball bearing you needed to get to mm -hmm. Finger Maiden and go get that. Yeah, I mean uh, that's that... kind of what I did, but sometimes it would be yeah. like, well, it's in Ferrum Azula, and I'd be like, I don't know where the <laughs> fuck that is, motherfucker. <laughs> Um, so sort of related to the upgrade system, let's talk about the crafting system. Crafting, I know for me personally, was something I used quite a lot at the beginning of the game. I was crafting arrows and fire arrows and pots. Uh, and by the end of the game, I was not crafting shit. I can't tell you the last time I crafted in this game. And there is so much you can craft um you know for my particular character you know things like the magic greases and the weapon buffs that you could craft i could never use because you can't use those on a special weapon like the sword of night and flame right, right? Mm -hmm. um and you know of course like if i'm in fucking Kalid and scarlet rat rod is constantly eating out my asshole i'm trying to craft those preserving boluses or the boluses that get rid of poison or whatever it may be. But with all the shit that there is to craft in that game, I probably crafted, you know, 10 different things or less. What were you going to That was pretty much what I did. Yeah. <clears throat> the uh, scarlet boluses. And then uh, I got the uh, cure poison pretty early on. And then yeah. fire cleanse me, I guess mm -hmm. I got that. That's pretty much yeah, all once, I made was poison darts and bolses, though. Yeah, I feel that. Like once I got the spells to to take care of poison and scarlet rot, I I kind of quit crafting myself. Now I know that there's uses for a lot of that stuff. And oh there's yeah, probably some really sweet ones that people haven't even discovered yet for some of that stuff. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And you know what's fucked up, Steve? You're talking about how once you got the spells and shit to deal with those status effects, you um you were like, oh, well, then I'll just use the spells. I had my character, so I have it written down, right? My character ended with 50 intelligence and 41 faith. Do you know how many fucking spells I cast in that fucking game? Zero. I never once went and was like, well, I got all this intelligence and faith. I should go pick up a spell or an incantation or whatever the fuck. Uh, what about you, Jeff? Yeah, Did you... Did you do any uh, crafting? Yeah the, yeah, the only crafting I did was for the bonuses, honestly. Yeah. That was the only thing. Yeah. yeah the, uh, I, I might have made, like, a crystal dart every now and again to deal with shit on ceilings, like the um, the imps and whatnot. But right. Yeah, outside of that, I, <laughs> I didn't touch it. Ask Steve why you can't summon anymore. Like, um, your darts use FP. Oh, they do. <laughs> huh. Yeah, I was there that oh, night. Oh, look at there, they do. Yeah. I'll be damned. <laughs> um, yeah, that was damned. that was funny. That like that. I mean, yeah, I didn't notice it at first and shit. Yeah, I was like, why can't I summon? Why the fuck? Why is half my FP bar missing? And then you go to find out, and it's like, oh yeah, just using items. I think that's yeah, new supposed to do manner damage to their games. Like, yeah, I don't think oh. you ever used FP in old games to to use items but yeah. yeah the i don't hate it it's one of those things where i feel like there's this huge chunk of the game that i'm i didn't explore which was all this crafting but you know i'd get a new cookbook and i'd go and look and it's 
the UI, like I, it's been talked about, the UI in this game can at times be a little cumbersome. It can be a little abstract. And like it, do you guys know how much it annoys me that there's not an easy way to compare a new weapon or a new piece of armor, especially if it's in a store, right? Like if you're buying from a merchant, like there's no way to compare this helmet versus the helmet you're wearing unless you just buy it, right? It's so frustrating. Yep. Um, and as far as the crafting is concerned, you get a new cookbook and then you kind of just got to hope you remember what you could craft before. And, and well, uh, uh, now if you go to the, um, menu where you keep all those it's under the keys Uh uh-huh and you go to the item description it tells you specifically what it Uh, all adds well i'll be sir stephen crow you had to remember which one you picked up though (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean i'm not saying look i'm not i'm not saying you're wrong like there's lots of stuff that could be done better with that ui but that one in particular because at first i was like you i was like god what the what could i do before i guess i'll just have to figure it out but yeah no you can go in and actually look and it tells you even the prayer books you turn in, like to the Holy Turtle Dog, will will tell you what spells you'll be able to unlock. And stuff okay, like cool. There are notes. <laughs> Can you guys make poison bolses? Okay, that's not new. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, talking about UI then, how long before you realize there were um, shortcut keys that go back to um, Roundtable? Oh, Steve I was... Told me that one. Was, XYA, baby. XYA. That's right. I was early on it, but I, I don't what? know if I was before you... You yeah, mean, you don't have to sit there and just like slowly scroll oh that way. You just X Y A, and your ass right. is there. Fucking yeah. kidding me! Yeah, fucking life changer. You, I don't have to just slowly drag the <laughs> cursor back to the motherfucking round table. Hold. Maybe if I uh, zoom out, it'll go a little faster. Oh Crazy. my god! Yeah, <laughs> I thought you knew about that one. I, I remember nope. being on on discord with nick and i just for some reason thought you were there but yeah i mean you can fly to the round table you just hit the hit the thing to pull up the grace locations and then tap your square button and it takes you there yeah on an xbox controller i should say oh my god man that so, was yeah like that's the problem with 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 them though is like they put all these like nifty little shortcuts in there like we had a whole conversation about the pouch i remember a couple of days after we started playing and i realized how useful the pouch was yeah yeah and and not <laughs> once all these motherfuckers are talking to me about ooh the elden ring ooh lost grace ooh the <laughs> the greater will ooh the dung eater watch out for the motherfucking dung eater and not once did one of these morose motherfuckers ever sit me down and go have you checked out your pouches that shit is handy <laughs> You know, yeah, you call my horse. Split. Um, all right, seven <laughs> button prompts later. <laughs> yeah, and like the thing is, uh, like the um, the uh, the UI is abstract and it's a little weird, but it's easy enough to get used to and like sort of bend your will around so you you don't feel as right. stupid. So it's it's okay in the end, but man, just like. Some little things here and there. A compare button. My fucking God, I would give up my good leg for a compare button in this game. <laughs> I do agree with you. They they've never yeah. had they've never had that. And it's it's weird to me. I don't I don't get it. I, I I wonder if it's because you're looking at something potentially unupgraded versus something that would be upgraded 
So yeah, it, and and there's but I don't know, man. Like okay, so another one where I'm not gonna like call you guys out, but a thing I want to discuss in this game is like the amount of shit. Like like we were saying, there's all this shit you can craft, and then you pull up like your stats window. And there's, I don't know, a billion different factors that can be changed by leveling up a stat just once, you know? Like, every time you level up, you get a, a sort of a base amount of, um, you know, the different resistances and stuff, right? And right. your defense. Your defense. And then, obviously, each individual stat has a thing that it'll increase. Like, you know, your vigor is your life, your endurances, your stamina, so on and so forth. But, like... Do you know how many times I tr- I looked at a new piece of armor and I was like, I guess it's better. I I mean, I'm just going to wear it cuz it looks cool, but like it, it, it says it gives me more happiness. Yeah. I'm not really sure what that does. <laughs> what? But what I guess is I'm poise? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, immunity and stuff like that, I guess is kind of self-explanatory, but Yeah, I, there's plenty of it you that take is. Damage slower or build up slower or whatever but yeah yeah and then it's not explained you know it's uh it's a it's a common thing it's a thing that has carried over through all their their games but like the weapon scaling scaling where each weapon has different attributes that it scare scales with better so for instance my sword scaled the best with faith and intelligence so if i wanted to increase the damage i did with that weapon those would be my two stats that i would want to increase right but it also scaled a little bit with strength. So when I grinded out some levels to use that shield, like I had the byproduct of making very small incremental increases in my damage too. That's a lot to keep up with from weapon to weapon and how it relates to your build and stuff. I love it. Like I, I'm one of those people that loves RPG lie. stats and like, I love it. yeah, the crunchiness of RPGs in that way. But I could also see how, Someone who is seeing all this hype about Elden Ring, maybe they don't even play RPGs that often, definitely not from games, could sit down and feel like they got to take a college course to understand this shit. I could see it. It, it, Their games do take some getting used to, absolutely, 100% -hmm. for sure. But I also feel like they, they put scaling in several categories simply because most people or most weapons are going to be like a combination of strength and dex, right? Right. With, with, with some intelligence and some faith thrown in there. And a lot of times when it's an arcane scaling weapon, it's do it's, it's more to do with the weapon art or whatever um, status effect uh, it works with. So there, there's different levels to the scaling and I, I really dig it. Like it's, it's actually a pretty deep system. But it is it it is real confusing and it takes a while and they don't explicitly explain a lot of, yeah. a lot of things. You have to just kind of look at the numbers. All right. So the next up and hope <laughs> the next category I have that you're making it as efficient as possible. Yeah. The next category I have, um, and this one I don't think we there's really much to say where we can spend a whole lot of time on it. But I want to talk about torrent. Because Torrent is your mount. This is the first From game that has a mount system in it at all. The mounted combat, in my opinion, is very loosey-goosey. I got good at it like I had to because there's certain things you fight where you way benefit from doing it mounted or not. 
uh, and actually, Jeff, I'll, I'll throw to you first because you're the one who sort of gave me the piece of information that um, sort of unlocked mounted combat for me. And that was, you were like, you know, most of the time, I don't hard lock on to enemies when I'm doing mounted combat. Um, so sort of explain that, like why you went that route, because I found it to be pretty useful advice. And then what did you think about the mount and mounted combat and stuff in the game? I'm I'm glad you reminded me of what I told you because my <laughs> I wouldn't have remembered that shit. No, yeah, with God, with the hard lock while you're mounted, you just the controls are you're locked in this weird like concentric circle system around yeah. your target, right? So it's like you can't cut in as easy. Um that was my big thing once I figured that out. Because let's be real, if I was in that world and I saw your tarnish coming at me on a horse, I would just stand there. Because I know you're not going to hit me if you're in the, within the first two hours of the fucking game. You're just going to miss. <laughs> that was me. The first, like, three hours of the game was, like, just swinging and missing because I've hard-locked and, <laughs> and I'm swinging too early or too late. Yeah, there was this but one yeah, night like, where I was bragging. I was I was feeling kind of full of myself. You know what I mean? had my powered up sword and I was going through like, you know, I would occasionally know where I needed to go next. And I was like, ah, I'm going to go fuck around a little bit. And so I was going around finding like the dragon world bosses and killing one, those that I hadn't finished yet. And you know me, like I stayed on my horse the whole time. Like after I was given that advice, like a dragon fight for me was solely on the horse and I was annihilating them. And then I got to that first dragon boss where they don't let you use a horse. And it was like, a, oh, uh oh, it was at this moment he knew he fucked up. <laughs> Steve, what did you th what, how do you feel about the mounted stuff? Oh, I loved it. Um, I was a big fan really from the beginning. It, it took me a minute to get used to the combat but once i found that talisman that uh increases your attacks while you're on horseback i really kind of tried to embrace it and i remember just owning the dragon that is closest to you when you start a i think yeah. his name is yep um yep. I, I remember whipping his ass after coming back to him with after having been used to the horse combat i never really looked back i turned right around from him and went and took on the tree sentinel and i was it was good times from that point forward now it wasn't always um sunshine and rainbows though there no. was some real frustrating stuff oh. with that like when you would get, get knocked um, off stun oh. stun locked on the horse and and like where he would just stop moving and you would just basically get killed you couldn't do anything about it and that was some of the most frustrating stuff for me yeah but, uh, buddy <laughs> by and large i really dug the horse stuff uh, what about you, Nick? How did you find uh, yourself? I, I heard a couple of times in the Discord server you referred to as the master of mounted combat. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, so, I mean, you guys probably remember when uh, I figured out you could actually attack to the left also. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Buddy, I was <laughs> in the same shit. boat. I was like, I was like, what? Oh, my God. A revelation. I, mean, I have to do one complete circle again? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can go left or right. Yeah, that was pretty great. And to take it back, not to derail it, but um, go for the it. summons, just really quick. Um, you guys remember how long I struggled with that as well? You guys kept telling oh. me, like, Ronnie's sitting on the on the wall. She, she's right oh there. Oh, my you go God. At night. I was like, 
the beginning of the night or the end of the night? Yeah. Right. I'd go to sleep thinking like I think they're fucking with me about summons. I totally (laughs) forgot about this. Our buddy Nick here. Yeah, I just remembered it. He so like you know, I was a couple days late to play an Elden Ring. So by the time I got into my first day, Steve, Nick, they both had a ton of um, tips and tricks for me. So, you know, Steve and I come out of like that opening area and you go into the world and there's the tree sentinel or whatever his name, the fucking first guy that shows up that really beats your ass, right? And then like, I just took it slow, man. I was like, oh, what's over here? What's over here? Nah, man, Nick put in the fucking Lord of the Rings, Howard Shore music in his headset and he was off on an adventure. Like he booked (laughs) it deep into Lingrave real quickly, right? and yeah basically just i guess past um the point where ronnie would show up and give him the summoning bell and shit right yeah i mean it's it's okay to spoil stuff right or whatever yeah yeah, at this point yeah apparently if you kill godfrey i guess first before you ever talk to her she won't show up and then you have to find her in her tower so godric oh godric yeah sorry oh you mean gene and Jim. Uh, yeah, so if you kill him first, then she won't come. Yeah, so and I guess that's where I messed up. And patches. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. so bummed out about that too. Just to just to jump back to that, yeah, I smoked patches. I was like, okay, I've been I've been looking for you for like four games. So I smoked his ass. I'm like, oh, I got some cool shit off of him. Like, and I guess I'll do it next time. But then that's. And then that night, I think you texted me the next morning. That night, I actually got the uh, the bell, uh, bell bearings, and that's when I first figured out that happens because I was I was trying to go as blind as I could, but yeah, yeah. So that's pretty fun. Another short topic I thought we could explore is the concept of the the ball bearings or bell bearings or whatever. Like it's an interesting mm-hmm. concept, right? Where occasionally you'll find one you take them back to your main vendor in the round table and then she will that will increase the stuff she can sell and like steve was saying earlier with like the the smithing stones and the the glove warts that you use to upgrade stuff you know you'll find a a a bearing that's called like a ghost glove wart 2 ball bearing or whatever right and then the interesting thing and i don't know if any of you guys have tried this but Apparently, you know, all the random merchants you meet out in the open world, it is almost more beneficial to kill all those guys because they drop their ball bearings, take it back to the round table, and then you just have, like, the ultimate vendor back at the round table who sells everything that all those guys do. Um, I I never did that. Has anybody here done that where you tried to kill all the merchants? I don't have the card. If anybody did it, it would have been Jeff. Yeah. I guarantee Yeah, I think that... think i did that uh, jeff cleaned the world new game <laughs> two or three there i don't see that being i guess it could be but viable in your first playthrough but i feel like first playthrough man some of those vendors would kick your ass oh like, really they're, they're some tough of them are kind of nasty oh um, this is how we're gonna do it okay all right yeah i mean the one they start beating think, your ass with that guitar. Yeah. yeah I think, <laughs> right. No, I think it's the one, especially the one in like Mogwin's Palace, right? Because oh. you've got all the other shit spawning. Like, and then you're just kind of potentially fucked. 
um, <laughs> on your first playthrough if you go back through that era because he's going to aggro on you. Because I can't remember. I think he does some weird madness shit. So, like, that was when madness was hella strong. Yeah. Post-first patch. So, if it's I remember <laughs> right. So, let's talk about, like, we've we brought it up a little bit. I want to start talking about some areas in the game. You know, let's talk about the different areas of the game. Um, but I want to start off with talking about the round table. So, Steve, am I wrong? There's always sort of a hub world in a From game. You know, I'm yeah. I'm familiar with the Nexus and the round table and the place a little bit from Bloodborne because I did play a little bit of Bloodborne. The um, Hunter's Dream. The round table i think is a really cool setting i like having all the dudes that you can go around and talk to and get little bits of fucking lore you'll never fucking understand even if you watch a youtube <laughs> video <laughs> the complete lore of elden ring three and a half hours <laughs> it's longer than return of the king and shit <laughs> um, Gods came from the stars yeah exactly okay um that's neat so uh i think the round table is really cool Boy, does it get more and more depressing as the game goes on as all your homies just leave and then you're just there with like Dung Eater being an asshole and like Sir Gideon Offnir who's been staring at the same table for 123 hours. What are you doing, dude? Um, I think that's a, uh, I think that's a metaphor for George R.R. R. Martin. <laughs> it uh, is. The wind, winter. Actually, <laughs> someone clear their throat fucking eight <laughs> rooms away. Actually, oh, there is someone here. That's cool. <laughs> Actually, it's George R. R. Martin looking at his fucking fantasy football stats and shit instead of writing the wins of winter, playing with Pouring toy trains, jets, jets draft options. Yeah, uh, man, I <laughs> remember banger of a year. So we talk about sometimes on the show. This is a small aside. Speaking of old George R. R. Martin, one time we we were playing maybe final fantasy or maybe it was one of the nights where we were all playing something different and just hanging out in discord. And I was telling you guys about how George R. R. Martin posted on his Twitter about, uh, a new toy train set he bought. And I was telling you guys, Oh man, the replies are brutal. <laughs> and I, the, it's popping out next and shit. <laughs> the first, <laughs> the very first re <laughs> reply was something to the effect of, Hey, Take that toy train and drive it straight up your fucking ass and finish that goddamn book. I hope you die. Yeah. Oh, wait, don't die. Finish it first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, um, what did you, Steve, what I do you feel about the round table? And with, for you guys that have played more of the From games, how does it compare to the other hub worlds and stuff? So I would say it's probably one of my lesser favorites of the wow. hub worlds, if I had to be honest. Uh, not that it's necessarily like a bad thing or anything like that. It's 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 a perfectly fine area. I just find like the Hunter's Dream better, and um, Nexus I liked better in Demon Souls. Um, Firelink Shrine and Dark Souls, Magilla and Dark Souls Two is great. Even the um, Firelink Shrine and Dark Souls 3 is really nice. Um, I'd, I'd put it above Sekiro, but that's probably it. Okay. But um, I do dig I do dig the the round table. I like the big table in the middle with the swords. Yeah. And um, I like that there's story that happens there. You can actually get in a scrap or two. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember fighting that dude over the balcony. I think Nick told us about him. Mm-hmm. 
going down there and fighting him, and he kind of whipped my ass a time or two, but we got it. Yeah, he got me too. You know what happened to me? After that many hours in the game, I still never went into the roundtable hold and went in the right door that I meant to. So, like, let's say, oh, I'm going to warp to the roundtable and upgrade my weapon. I would always take the wrong room to lead to You'd the blacksmith. Sir Gideon. Yep. Every fucking time. How it is, yeah, man. Like, I, you'd think I'd know. I've been here hundreds of times. 150 hours in, yeah. It's job briefing yeah. yourself. Yeah. Okay, when I walk out of here, I'm going right, and that's the shortest path. Okay, never mind, it's left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, thinking while that has, like, where it places you at the table with your camera positioning, that's just like, yeah, you think you know? Fuck you. We're going to yeah, face quick. you a different way this time. No muscle memory. Yeah. <laughs> quick tap, you can rest at the table as well. So, you know, I don't know. Uh, that, um, that took me a while to figure out as well. Yeah, but, Buddy. I didn't know you could quick warp to it. Uh, there's still yeah. things that I'm going to end up finding out. Um, oh, uh, can, can we talk about um, some of the people that are at the round table? Like, well, uh, so I have a, a whole section down. I figure we'll keep it to the second episode and keep more spoiler, like the heavy spoiler stuff to the second episode. And NPCs okay. is one of those. So I've got a whole topic for that. <clears throat> um, so, after besides the round table like let's just go around and talk about some of our favorite areas of the game and some of our least favorite areas in the game uh jeff why don't you kick that one off um geez favorite area um pro i mean favorite and in, in the fact that it was the most hated for me oindell capital um, fuck that place. I lost <laughs> like first point through like three quarters of a mil runes there. Um, oh. but it's cool. It was like a whole goddamn from game in one area, dude. It really um, is huge. So we actual least favorite though. The first half of like consecrated snowfield because oh. a fuck the fucking blizzard. Yeah, like, that shit can eat a dick. And say shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Miserable. So I had the benefit of one of the benefits is be, of being, you know, basically a couple weekends or more behind all you guys as far as like how I was progressing through the game. Is we would be playing and I'd hear you guys like try to talk in vagities about like shit that was coming up and being like, oh, shoo, wait till you get to the capital. So this Lindale capital was like looming over me like some sort of evil omen that i was <laughs> avoiding at all costs until it just got to the point where i was like ah, i guess i don't have anything else to do and man what a fucking area it's cool like it's hard to not look at the design of it and the cool how cool it is the vastness of it the fact that there is a whole underground sewer system that you can also explore that's basically optional like a lot of stuff in this game that is one of yeah, my man. least favorite parts of the game is the sewer system there's under another, the capital. There's another whole ass secret area under that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out there's some more. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, All the wax seal doors and stuff up top. That was kind of cool. I'm, I wonder about that. I guess I'll wait for Bata videos next. Yeah. YouTube video on it. Yeah, the capital is impressive. And it does feel like in any other game, that would be the game. You know what I mean? Like, 
but it is just this one chunk of this massive fucking open world game. Uh, Steve, buddy, favorite areas, least favorite areas. So early on, one of our least favorite areas, I would say, or uh, sorry, one of our favorite areas was early on the Weeping Peninsula. Yeah, which Australia. To, which we came to call Australia because it kind of resembles it on the map. Um, I just like that area because it was real tight, compact. Uh-huh. Like you could explore it pretty easily without having to worry about like having to run eight miles uh, in the other direction, you know. And the the ultimate dungeon there was pretty cool as well, Castle Morn. Mm-hmm. There was a there was a lot of upgrade materials. We tried to tell Nick early on to to go there to upgrade his flask. Yeah, because uh, there's was, like three. Yeah. yeah, there's like three three tiers there to upgrade your flask. Yeah, plus nine. Good, good. <laughs> That's all I can tell y'all. That's right. Um, but uh, I dug that. I also, um, I would say I really dug Crumbling Faroom Azula. Oh my god, just it's in, so cool. In terms of the way it looks, just pretty incredible. The the Nocron Eternal, there's a lot of really cool areas, man. I, I could go on. There's so many. But like, I'd say least favorite. Um, least favorite in the area just destroyed me was the Halig Tree. Yeah. Um, probably least favorite design wise would would be like the consecrated snowfields maybe even like slash mountaintop of the giants just because it's yeah. a lot of a lot of snow you know there's some cool stuff happening in both of those of course they're not like boring areas but just a lot of snow to me tends to kind of cheapen the experience a little bit man weeping peninsula what was cool about it that is it just kind of for me at least happened naturally where I went and started exploring down there and I was like, Oh, I can kind of take stuff down here. And it was like this nice detour that I could go on before I went to shit. What's the first legacy dungeon with Margaret and shit. What's that place called? Stormvale. Stormvale Yeah. It was something that allowed me to go dick around and level up and find some cool shit before trying to do Stormvale and like just sort of the progression of how that went. And I got it. Once again, I got to give our boy Jeff some props Early on, he shared an image in the Discord that was just the whole fucking world map, and it had, like, each area broken down by, like, well, if you're between level this and this, you should be exploring here. And that really helped. Like, I used that for quite a while um, just to sort of figure out where I needed to go next because it can be hard to figure out, and you can get yourself in some trouble real quick. Uh, Nick. Favorite areas, least favorite areas, buddy. Uh, favorite area is pretty easy. Altus Plateau for the mm-hmm. perpetual autumn. My favorite time of year when it stops being a thousand <laughs> in the south. Um, more specifically, that area. Do, do y'all remember the the darker part of the the forest, like where the? Yes. Uh, I can't remember what those enemies are, but they have the hoods on and they're kind of yeah. half giants or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that area. It's it's so creepy stuff. It, it, yeah. I, it, what's crazy is like playing this game as you go through, occasionally I would get the vibe of an, another from game. So like that area to me had a bit of a granted. I don't have the most experience with it. It had a bit of a bloodborne vibe to it. There were a mm-hmm. ton of times like the weeping peninsula specifically reminded me of demon souls at a lot of points, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that area that was so Steve and I were playing on PlayStation together. You and Jeff were playing on play uh, on PC together. And there was I, I'm proud to say that only 
I don't know, four or five times I had to ask Steve to come to help me. And one of them was in that area you're talking about. And it was the giant world boss of those enemies mm-hmm. that has the worms coming out of his face. And he cast the, what is it? That, uh, the, the death blight. Death, death blight. Yeah, death yeah. blight. <clears throat> but what a cool area in the game. You're right about that, buddy. What about least favorite? Yeah. The least favorite, um, what is the well called? That you go down. Sofria well? River well. Yeah. Sofria well, yeah. I hated that oh, area for the God, most part. Call. The fucking Those magic fucking... arrows are such <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. yeah. Like basically, <laughs> arena spanning, you know, attacks and stuff. I didn't really enjoy that part. I mean, it, it, it was nice. It looked nice and everything. But yeah, that was probably my least favorite of the entire game, I'd say. Yeah, like, when I say that I have, like, a least favorite area, it's not even design-wise. I agree with Steve, like... Mountaintop of the Giants and Consecrated Snowfield are a little boring compared to all the crazy shit you've seen before. You know, mm-hmm. granted, Mountaintop of the Giants does have the, like, giant frozen dead giants mm-hmm. and stuff that that area yeah, is that pretty, pretty cool. Badass. Yeah, I love, I love that stuff. Yeah, that stuff's yeah. awesome. It also has that giant pair of hands, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and like, uh, like Halig Tree would also be one of my least favorite areas. But Halig Tree is fucking cool. I would agree with you on that. Like, oh, it, yeah, looks it, awesome. it is a cool yeah. ass level, but yeah, yeah. It, that place sucks. It sucks yeah, so that's bad. That's just the gauntlet. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a completely optional level, so I did it to myself. But I was like, man, all my fucking friends have beaten Millennia. Why can't I try it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the last boss. For my personal taste, I think Crumbling Faramazula is my favorite designed area once again hard as shit it's not like i enjoyed my stay there but damn does it look cool um it's just this city that got sucked up by a giant tornado or some shit it's like floating in the air there's giant magic tornadoes everywhere it's like i don't know it's really fucking cool you get there how you get there i'm still not quite sure was it a dream were they dead the whole time four eight fifteen sixteen twenty three forty two like <laughs> I think I read somewhere that that place has been falling apart for millennia. Oh, okay. Like it's just it's just in a constant state of of just coming apart. Yeah. I thought uh a lot of the underground areas besides Sofria Riverwell. I agree. I hate that place. I had to go there really early on to get that bow that I was using. So I was way under-leveled for it. I did that a few times where I went on little jaunty adventures and um, to get an item I wanted. And so I, 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 you know, I'm on my horse. I'm taking all these different routes. I find the bow, and I'm like, well, I'm down here. I should fuck around and look and see what's down here. And I turn this corner and just get impaled by a spectral arrow from a fucking ghost minotaur. One shot killed That's me. For nine minutes. Yeah. <laughs> one-shotted me and i was like well that's it for now i'm not coming back here for a little bit um but like that sound nakron eternal city i thought looked so fucking cool i mean it's all spacey and shit it's kind of my jam um and then there was this one night right so i went and got my sword right i went and got my sword well before i even did stormvale i did like the the little cut around side road that you can take up into Lernia before you do Stormvale. And I'm all the way up in that them Lernia guts, my dudes. Like 
I go and I get the sword and then I'm like, well, fuck all that stuff. I saw some horrors and I even told Steve, like, dude, on the run to get that sword, I saw some shit, like some real <laughs> bad shit. And then the next weekend, I'm just sitting there with like spaghetti sauce on my shirt and some Adidas pants <laughs> playing Elden Ring at like two in the morning. And Jeff and Steve are exploring an area that I they don't think I've been to yet. So they're trying to, you know, not give away spoilers. And they're like, holy shit, do you yeah. see this thing? What is this thing? Oh, Halls is going to hate this. And then I get a text <laughs> like a day later from Steve going, hey, you went to Caria Manor to get the Sword of Night and Flame? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you know that's the area that Jeff and I were talking about the other night? That we were trying to keep mm -hmm. from spoiling. Fuck that those, area. Yeah, that those those enemies were the first enemies I think that really kind of made me like gasp out yeah. loud. Those gigantic, creepy double hands or yeah. whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, we're coming up on an hour, right? Like, so we're gonna cut it here. We'll be back next week and finish up. Now, next week we're gonna talk shard bearer bosses you know the big bosses we're going to talk the legacy dungeons we're going to talk npcs we're going to talk enemies that annoyed you you know throughout the game just regular ass enemies that aren't even bosses and uh, i don't know we'll figure out what else nick and jeff thank you so much buddies for being on the first episode uh uh it's yeah, a yeah. lifelong lifelong dream to have you guys on i enjoyed it yeah so I guys i wanted to have happen more Thanks for listening. Uh, if you want to be entered into a giveaway to win a gift card, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you want to send in a voicemail or email, highpotionpod at gmail.com. Follow Steve on Twitter at Stoned Cobra. Follow me at Blue Harvest Pod. Follow the podcast at High Potion Pod. Jeff, do you have any social media where you'd like people to follow you? Um, Twitter is at the Asian himself. There you go. That's pretty much my handle for everything, but yeah, mainly I use Twitter, so whatever. <laughs> and Nick, uh, I mean, no, no social media. You want anybody? To Not a bit, baby. Just happiness <laughs> Nick's all day years. long, son. No and that's why, in my life. That's why we love you, buddy. <laughs> well, anyways, guys, thanks for being here. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.